Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am joined this afternoon by the dynamic duo Travis Braden and his girlfriend Jess. Guys, first off, thanks for joining me and and how are we doing? Thanks for having us. We are doing great. It, the sun is shining and we're we're pretty tired. We've been streaming <laughs> the last few days, but other than that, we're doing great. Yeah, we're doing well. We appreciate you having us on. For me, this is the second time, so I appreciate double what in this already in 2021. We've been on twice, so <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, every everybody reached out because you know we've been doing the Indy car coverage and Formula One for a while, and and got some NASCAR requests and and stock car requests, and they're like, wow, that was that was really fun, and I want you to have them on again. So so here we are. Um, I appreciate that. Was that before or after the Snowball Derby? I think it was after, maybe. Maybe my uh, time is flying by faster than I think, and maybe it was before, but I thought it was this year, so I am. it was recently. Yeah, I know it was sometime right around the, the last Snowball Derby, so I know Jess mentioned you guys have been streaming, you're doing a lot of iRacing, so in you know since the Snowball Derby, what have you guys been up to to, uh, to keep busy? Well, we, we have a really cool announcement that came out, I, I guess, probably right after the first of the year. Uh, which is that we're starting a new short track racing program, uh, you know, primarily pavement, asphalt, um, pro and super late models. And we're, we're kind of partnered on that deal with BJ McLeod and his wife, Jessica. And um, so we actually kind of had that in the works before the Snowball Derby, but uh, we didn't announce it until, until sometime in January. And that has been, you know, really the main focus and kind of, um, you know, for us as well, just as individuals it's kind of a new leaf of totally doing something where we're in charge of our, of our future. And it's, we're kind of on our own for the first time. Right. Uh, I'm not driving for any, you know, any owner anymore. I'm kind of doing it myself within the team. And um, you know, we, we relatively prepared for that much thanks to Jess's hard work, but, um, but it's, you know, it's a lot of work and we're just trying to be prepared for once this race season gets started. I love it. So I, I, I have so many questions, so I'll I'll stick with that first. The short track asphalt season's probably right around the corner. So, what's the twenty twenty one calendar looking like? Any any northeast races that that uh, that we can get to? Well, okay, hold on. Northeast. That's I'm really bad <laughs> at geography. Yeah. So, um, well, we our first client that we announced, Perry Patino. He's from the south. He's from Alabama. So, like. We got his schedule. He's doing a five or six race deal with us. And he is primarily um, in the South, Alabama, Florida, you know, Five Flags, Montgomery. But um, we intend for Travis to be running the bigger shows up north, like the Winchesters, the Nashvilles, um, Snowball Derby, that's down south, um, Berlin up in Michigan. So, um, between the mixture of drivers we have lined up for 2021, I think that we're kind of going to be all over the place. I, I think the number one show in the, in the, you know, definitely far Northeast, of course, that uh, I've never done yet, would like to do this year. Not sure if it'll happen, but it will happen one of these years is the Oxford 250. So yeah. um, that's been a bucket list of mine. And now that we have, you know, kind of our own program starting up, that's a goal. Uh, if it doesn't happen this year, it's going to be a priority next year. I love it. So let's let's switch gears here slightly. 
Jess has been getting into iRacing in the past, I don't know, let's say week, maybe, maybe more than that. Jess? Yesterday was day three. Day three. Okay. So I, I jumped yes. on it. We're, we're still in week one. <laughs> what's, what's it like? I, I caught part of, of a couple streams and, and uh, we'll, we'll touch on that in a minute, but how, how much, how addicting is iRacing? Well, let me tell you, I first hopped on iRacing around this time last year, you know, when everyone, everything got shut down and everyone stuck in their house and everyone got an iRacing account and NASCAR was doing their thing. And obviously I started off in rookie class for those that don't know in iRacing, you kind of got to like work your way up through the different cars. And so I started in rookie status, which is a street stock and I went into my, I was pretty good at it when I was practicing by myself. Um, and then when I was in the um, practice sessions with other players, I was near the top of the board. But when I did my first official race, um, I caused a big wreck. And let me tell you, I got <laughs> roasted. And I think people thought that because of my voice, I was probably like an eight-year-old kid. Um, so they were extra mean to me. Maybe they knew I was a girl. I'm not sure. But I refused to get on iRacing after that. I would, I, it just traumatized me. So Travis, finally, I saw him doing the streaming thing on Twitch. And all these, he was having fun. All the people in the chat were having fun. And I was like, okay, if I have a chat room full of people behind me, I feel like I'll feel better when I get roasted in these <laughs> official races. So uh, it has been chaotic. I'm definitely still learning, but um, it has been a ton of fun, nonetheless, on how I finish. My description of Twitch's, or Twitch's, Jess's Twitch stream is that the stream is pure comedy and entertainment with a little bit of iRacing if you pay attention in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the iRacing, the, the comments or the, the people who are racing against you from my experience a handful of years ago, and I did it for like a year and it was super fun. And then I kind of stopped because it, like, like Jess, I got tired of getting roasted every time I made a mistake. <laughs> and I, I mean, honestly, like I sold my wheel, like got rid of everything. And then, uh, but yeah, it's, it can be very intimidating when like 14 year old boys are like saying some stuff to you that like, even my friends wouldn't say to me, like joking around. Oh my gosh, it's so true. And then you feel like an idiot because you're like, am I really letting these people hurt my feelings? But hey, they they dig deep and um, it's enough to make you question if you're thick-skinned enough to race on the internet. Yeah, it's the same thing with like, so we have a couple of listeners that play Call of, Call of Duty with me and I am awful at that game. Like I don't try to hide the fact I am not good. And then I have like 14 year old kids like dropping F-bombs and telling me how much I suck at this game. And I'm like <laughs> 33 and I'm like, I feel sad. Like, I'm like, am I supposed to feel this way when the game is done? It's true. And what surprised me the most is like, so for those of you that are on iRacing, you're, you got to go and run these official races. And so realistically, you're supposed to be in a race with people that are, have a similar skill set to you but sometimes you're going to be the worst person in the race but they I, i'm in the rookie class so i don't know why people were expecting me to be decent i thought we were all supposed to <laughs> struggle so yeah it was off-putting but 
if you're in doing hosted races, like we've been with all your friends, you know, that, that takes the pressure off a little bit. So maybe I'll forever be in rookie status. I, I think she's found a good way of balancing out her being roasted in the iRacing, um, you know, chat, if you will, by just completely roasting me in her Twitch chat the entire time she's <laughs> iRacing so that she can't hear the iRacing chat. So, so what is, all right, let's, let's transition right into that. What, you know, from, from your point of view or from, from Jess's point of view, is that a good deflection? Just going, you know, listen, Travis, I, I got to throw you under the bus here. Cause I, it makes me feel better. How, how did that, that end of things start from, from the streaming? It's, well, it, honestly, that's Jess's personality 24 seven, you know, <laughs> not necessarily when we're doing like public appearances or something like that, but really anytime we're off, off camera, off mic, she's always making fun of herself and me and, and, and just a light, you know, lighthearted person, I guess you would call it. And um, so she, it's been a nice way for us and especially her to kind of show our fans and people that follow us the personality that we don't always get to show, you know, through pictures and captions, right? Well, I will say this, the Twitch and the streaming has just given me a platform to publicly roast travis it has nothing to do with the eye racing it has everything to do with the fact that i will i will always say that the strongest yet most toxic bond is between a race car driver and their significant other that sells their sponsorship and manages their career uh, that's where the anger comes from it has nothing to do with the eye racing and me getting bullied it's that my life revolves around travis and he's just an idiot sometimes <laughs> and he needs to know so now everyone else gets to hear what I think of Travis when I'm frustrated. And I think that's something really special that me and the fans can bond. Oh yeah. Over. It's, it's really special. Isn't it? Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what side to take right now. So I'm going <laughs> to take her. I'm going to play the middle here because I can tell you if my wife was on <laughs> Twitch and she saw me racing, she would, she would roast me 100% and everybody <laughs> would take her side as well. And she could probably hear me in the next room and she's probably rolling her eyes like, what are you talking about right now? Which is typically <laughs> the case. Um, so what's, what's it like having to, you know, handle the sponsorship side of things, you know, for Travis, I know it's, it, it can't be easy. It's probably a full-time job and then some, and how, uh, you know, what, what goes into the daily life of just selling, sponsorship for spots on the car yeah so i think that the truthfully the hardest part of it is not knowing uh, we just don't have a work-life balance and i feel like a lot of people in racing that's the case it's it's almost when you work in racing it's just it's all consuming and it's hard to not allow it to be that way so i think the biggest thing we struggle with is um, we'll get up and first thing in the morning, you know, you're answering emails and then you'll get on a roll. And then before you know it, it's two o'clock in the morning and you're still, you know, doing sending yeah. emails and and whatnot. And so it's hard to draw the line because, you know, when you're a athlete, I mean, it's you as a person, that's the product and you don't you don't turn that off at 5 p.m. and pack it up and go home so that's the hardest part I love what I do um I do think that it is I wish I could turn it off 
because unfortunately I'm always, when I'm approaching people, I'm, I, I have a hard time not, it's just so emotional because it's your partner, I think. And I think, you know, so, but it's fun. It's great. Obviously, since I'm so emotional about it, that, that gives me the ability to, you know, share why it's so cool to partner with Travis or why he's such a great guy or such a great brand representative. So it does give me that little extra edge, but it's definitely something I can't turn on and off. And so when things are stressful, it definitely bleeds over to the other aspects of our life. And, but yeah, I mean, a day in the life we wake up, um, it's my job to pitch, tell everyone how awesome Travis is and his racing program. And so that's why when we get on Twitch, I got to complain about him to someone because I've spent all day telling people how great he is. And he's really, he's so annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Got to balance it out. I feel like yes. I feel like this is everything my wife is like saying to her coworkers just on a different <laughs> level because I too stay up way too late getting work done and obviously I'm not racing but uh you know editing or or something along those lines so I I feel like I'm like hearing like a voice that's like not in my headphones it's like right behind me right now. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's and with stuff like editing or any sort of like passion project it those are the easiest things that the clock all of a sudden is two o'clock in the morning and you're not in bed and you you don't even realize the time went by. So it's, we definitely have most of our days go like that. I know you know how that is. Oh, a (laughs) hundred percent. I did uh, an interview last, I did something the day I got my vaccine, coronavirus vaccine last week, like that afternoon Mm -hmm. at night. And then the next day when I felt my worst, I did, an interview with George Steinbrenner and their sponsor CEO. And my wife was like, why are you working today? And I said, well, I just like, I can't sit here and stay still. Like, I know like I'm physically off of the other podcast part of my job, but like, I can't sit here and do nothing. Like, even though I don't feel well, I'm still like, I still feel like I need to do something. Yes. And you almost feel guilty if you're not. Yep. Totally. hundred percent. Sunday afternoon, I just watched, sat down, watched the NASCAR race, and I was like, "What? Shouldn't I be doing something?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah. no, I can actually just watch the race and get ready to record tonight and try to relax." But that's easier said than done, as I'm sure you understand. Oh, absolutely. And I will also say, so for those that don't know, Travis and I live in our motorhome, um, and so we work at that little you know, in the motorhomes, they have like a little kitchen table that has two chairs. That's where we work. We set our laptops up there and I get so much more done when Travis is, um, at the shop working on race cars, but this new team we have going on, the car is still at Fury race cars being built. The chassis is not done yet. So we don't even have a car for Travis to be working on in the shop yet, which unfortunately means he's sitting across from me in the motorhome bothering me all day. And so, (laughs) productivity has gone down oh i i understand that the first month of quarantine last year when my wife was working from home like i've worked from home for as i'm sure a handful of listeners know i've worked from home for like five years now so it's nothing like brand new for me other than you know not traveling to the racetracks last year but i was so excited i go in there and i thought hey what's going on what are you doing let's play with the dog look how cute the dog is and she's like (laughs) i have a lot of work to do 
and uh, her job is much more difficult than podcasting. So I had to learn to shut up and go like, thankfully, you know, I have a little, I, I don't have to uh, sit at the same table as her, but yeah, it was, yes. it was an adjustment. Yes. Boundaries need to be set. And Travis doesn't understand that concept. No, not very well. Yeah. No. I mean, well, I mean, well, though. two heads are not always better than one. Listen, I say I learned my lesson, but I'm pretty sure I got in trouble like an hour ago for walking in there and just starting <laughs> to talk about something that my mom called me about <laughs> earlier today. So obviously that's not like a hundred percent fact. Anyway, oh, I feel her pain. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, everything you say, I can guarantee you she'll, I'll, I'll make her listen and she'll be like, wow, Jess is a hundred percent correct. <laughs> I'm going to ask, let's see here. We'll go for a non-racing question. The best show or TV show or movie that you've binge watched or gotten through in the past year. Oh, and it could be for either you guys. Well, yeah. So I will say that we have sketchy internet in the motor home. Some days it's great. Some days it's not. So we, watch netflix when we can but we definitely don't have like a a show that we you know look forward to because if the internet's not working that day we're just going to be disappointed so um i would have to say uh you're gonna judge me for this but i'd say tiger king uh, no, I judgment. Just, no judgment uh, i loved that i was I can't say. It. I mean, it was a it was a dumpster fire, and it was. Everybody loves dumpster fires. Yes. Yeah. It's just um, one of those things that you watch, and you're like, "Wow, I'm really smart." Like, it just makes yeah. you feel a little bit better about yourself. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Um, Carol Baskins definitely killed her husband. That's my <laughs> thought on that. Um, but we have been watching the crew. Um, a little bit and i know there's been mixed opinions on that but i really enjoyed that um okay. i've right. been watching it down so travis's sim rig is at our friend natalie's house and um so when he's streaming i'll be downstairs watching tv and they have good internet obviously so i've been watching the crew and i really like it so far but travis hasn't seen anything. yeah i haven't seen anything but the clips but i, I what i have caught of the clips and also i think this is jess's stance on what she likes about it is that even though it's it's joking and kind of making fun a lot of times of racing and racing you know people and what we do what we say how we you know dress all those things um but it's not meant to be malicious um in my opinion and what it does do is it kind of shows people it truly shows people like what you know what what really it is all about right yeah. in a way that's not like it's not it's not coming across as educational but i think it also does answer questions people don't even realize those questions are being answered when they're watching it and they're starting to understand more about racing and why it's either fun to watch as a fan or why it's interesting as someone that maybe is you know likes the you know the way we promote brands and stuff like there's a lot in it that i think is just cool that a casual person i think could sit down and watch it and enjoy it i'll have to give it a shot i haven't i haven't gotten there yet we just got through the Hotel Cecil documentary, which is very interesting. And we finished it in one night. So it's oh. four, four one hour episodes. I don't want to give anything away for those who haven't seen it, but it's a really interesting old hotel and some shady stuff happened. And 
Oh, that sounds good. We're yeah, about the no. documentaries. We watch yeah. a lot of documentaries. What was that? What was that one documentary we watched about? Um... Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics, and in turn, make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Like, uh... Wells Fargo? That one, and then there was one about, I think it was about the election, but it was more about the social media and how... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that I, I've seen that one. I haven't seen the Wells Fargo one, but I'd be very interested to to see that with my wife in finance and my brother in finance and understanding kind of all the debacle that went on there whenever that was a handful of years ago. Oh, yeah, it was good. It was good. All right, so let's see here. We'll We'll wrap it up soon. Got a couple more racing questions. This is for either of you guys were... A couple NASCAR races into the season, where we're three three in now. We've had three different winners, two first time winners, and so what do you think about the season so far? It's the best season ever, right? It's, that's what they're yeah. that's what they're telling us on TV. But <laughs> truly, um, I'm saying that as a joke, but I'm also not. I've really enjoyed it personally, yeah. and Jess, I do want you to give your opinion too, Jess. But um, we haven't been able to watch every lap of every race, but what what I've seen, I've felt like um a lot of a lot of the racing has been great the first three you know basically the schedule the first three weeks has been awesome to start the year um there's been things that i haven't quite always loved how you know some of the promotions have have gone maybe they could have been better but overall i think it's been a great start to the season and they've done a good job of kind of recognizing that i think there's a lot of new eyeballs on the sport this year starting the season off and hopefully doing a good job of making sure that they um, can understand what's going on and enjoy it. Yeah. I think that I am a new, like I came onto the racing scene in 2015. And before that I had never seen a a NASCAR race or, you know, I knew what NASCAR was, but I certainly wasn't watching. Um, And so I think sometimes Travis and I watch these races with a totally different set of eyes i'm still the fan that you know while i understand 
what goes into, you know, making these things happen and these getting these drivers on track and getting the cars to the track. I'm still one of those people that I'm just there for the excitement and I love the wrecks and I really think that this season so far, I know we're only three races in, but it has been exciting. All three um, series have been exciting. That Xfinity race last weekend was awesome. I mean, we jumped off the couch and yeah. screamed when, when, when Noah hit that car. Yeah. Ago. Like, so in that aspect, I think it's been awesome. Yeah, that was, of course, the the only Xfinity race I have missed was this past oh. this past Saturday. And I got enough of the clips to figure out what happened, but it, I think some of the excitement was taken out by the fact that I saw everybody tweet about it beforehand and I had to go back to watch it, but yeah, can't, can't, can't win them all. So I'll wrap it up with one last question here. And this is based on uh, Mike Joyce tweet from a couple hours ago. And, and Jess, I saw your reply and I guess you can pretty much based on Travis's laugh, you know exactly where I'm going with this one. So um, Mike Joy talking about funded drivers and privileged kids that get dad's money and dad's bank account and that the sport needs to learn from those who have worked their way up and, you know, really worked for everything. So just curious for your take on that expanding on, on the social media tweets on it, but uh, just, you know, which, whichever one of you wants to start, I'll, I'll take a back seat and listen. Well, I'll start because I just opened up my Twitter app and I've gotten a lot of replies here. Um, I completely agreed with what Mike was saying, and I'm sure everyone would completely agree with what he's saying. But I did add that, um, you know, it's not really the rich kid's fault that that's how the sport is shaped now. I mean, it comes down to the teams and other people who are responsible for ensuring the sport didn't get to this place where it is pay to play. Um, And I think when I say something like that, people probably take it seriously because you're right. Travis being one of the talented drivers that doesn't have the money and he's got the work ethic, but he's not been given the opportunities. Hey, I can't blame those kids' parents for spending the money that they can for them to have those opportunities. The issue is that the underfunded drivers with the talent don't stand a chance if they don't have that. And that comes down to the teams and just the model right now. So I hate to see, like, I think I've met Ty Gibbs a few times. He's been super nice every time I've talked to him. I think he's very talented. I hate to see when people say that he's only winning because of who his grandpa is. Um, I think that takes away from who he is as a driver and his ability because it's definitely there. Um, So I don't think we need to point the fingers. I don't think that that's what Mike was doing, but I think a lot of people – say well the rich kids are the problem and it's the it's how the sport is right now that's the problem and yeah i'll i guess one thing i could add to that and and elaborate a little further from uh maybe a different side too is like okay let's let's use our brand new short track racing team as an example right um you know if someone calls us and they're more than fortunate let's say and they have you know family funding they want to get their their child racing in in short track racing that's where they want to start or maybe they've started in something else and they want to get to that point 
Um, you know, I mean, that's not unwise business for us, but at the same time, um, I think what a lot of what Jess is saying is that the problems that I think have, have come the last 10 years or so in stock car racing are that everyone just looks at that kind of with a negative taste in their mouth because it's like, Oh, that's so easy. And I'm jealous basically. And so then it's kind of like, you know, you would, you would take that person's money, you make money off of that deal and you, you know, you do your job, but you're not as emotionally invested in it. And we just look at it differently. Um, cause it's, again, that's what you can't blame someone for using their resources. We use every single resource that we have. I mean, down to the last penny, if you're talking about money, uh, we just have less. Right. And so for us, I would look at it differently and say, well, that's a great opportunity for our business. Someone that has funding to do things at a high level, do things very seriously, promote what they're doing, which is in turn going to promote what we're doing with them. And that can benefit our, our business. Um, you know, completely. So I, I just think that it's, it's a, it's a frame of mind that I think, um, I think Mike's pointing it out. I just think a lot of the people that read what Mike said probably still aren't really thinking about it that way. They're just like, yeah, screw the, the rich kids, you know? And I don't really think that's what he meant, but I think that's how it's getting perceived. And I think we could just change that mindset within the sport and especially within the, the fan base. Um, you know, we, we need large sponsorships. We need, funding in this sport but every time i just feel like every time there's a good um someone that can bring a solid amount of funding to the sport we kind of disown them and alienate them and then it doesn't help the rest of us that are less fortunate grow from being affiliated with people that maybe are just a little bit at an advantage so that's a long answer but you know i think it's just a frame of mind right yeah of course no i at first i saw a tweet and i was like uh, and then i saw Jess's reply and, and hearing this, I'm like, okay, that I completely understand makes, makes a lot of sense to me. And I don't fault some of these guys. Yeah. Ty Gibbs is a great example. I saw lots of mean comments after his first win two weekends ago, I guess it was at this point. So I really yeah. appreciate that perspective and I hope everybody else out there remembers yeah. that next time they, uh, I, they see I would just like say that. to people, right? Like look at the fact that, um, if you actually go back and watch it, you know, he was fast the whole race. And once he was in the lead with a couple laps to go and his first time in an Xfinity car, the kid didn't make one mistake the whole race. Like he never missed a mark. He never overdrove a corner and wheel hopped or anything like he was perfect. Um, even right down to the very last lap with all that pressure, you're in his fastest lap of the race on the white flag lap. I mean, it's just the kid can do it and you shouldn't look at anything else but his ability. Right. So yeah, he made exactly. that mega pass going into turn two, turn one or turn two there that he was in the grass out of the grass in the grass and and was just <laughs> yeah. able to hold it Again, together. a very exciting race yeah that was awesome <laughs> yeah so i'll wrap it up there for you guys uh listen i appreciate the time this afternoon best of luck with everything in in 2020 uh 2021 whatever year it is now and <laughs> hope to see you guys at a at a track at some point but Keep up the streaming. I'll definitely uh, tune in and, and share out the link and and uh, stay safe, guys. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you for having us. No problem. Thank you. We'll keep up with you. You keep up with us. And maybe we'll see you in person at a racetrack here this year. Hopefully, right? Yeah. Fingers crossed. Crossed. If not, you guys are welcome back anytime you want to talk stock car and short track stuff. I love it. I'm, I'm definitely uh, trying to watch more of it uh, streaming or in person this year than I have in the past couple of years.
Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you again. Right, and we will, we'll stay in touch. All right. See ya. Bye. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.